0: I'm uh, Jeff Liotto and I'm meeting with Bill Buckholtz, who is a flute player and he was raised by adoptive parents our um, website is where work meets faith and so would you mind expanding a little bit about the spirituality for yourself personally how how it affected you when when did it first affect you and how did you and and what are you talking about
1: well I was adopted when I was a year and one month old by John and Laverne Buckholz. My uh, birth family, father was born in 1928 in uh, South Dakota, and my mother was born in Wisconsin. Our ancestors, their ancestors, were from um, an area in Canada called Three Rivers, but it's, it's actually in a French name, but translated as Three Rivers. Uh, Algonquin Nation, Thanks to my adopted mother, she played church organ, okay. and she was determined that I was going to learn. We had a, an organ in the, in the house, and a kid was given something to, to do, and he has to learn, and he has to practice. The key thing, the word practice. And I was seven years old. I was no different. Practice. I don't want to practice. What are you crazy? You know. Uh, and I kind of fought it for a couple of months, and then one day, as I was playing it dawned on me, I could play things I like. And I did a complete turnaround and then they couldn't keep me away from it. And I also wanted to learn the uh, piano. There was a friend next door that would allow me to go over and play on that. I tried my best to get them to uh, get a piano, but we were uh, not middle class, but we were on that line and it was expensive. And I tried so hard. They had a uh, music fair at uh, my uh, 7th grade uh, school that I went to to get kids interested in different instruments. And I picked the worst instrument. So they would say, finally, we'll get you a piano. (laughs) I picked the tuba. And they looked at it and they said, I know what they were thinking. No way, no way. (laughs) And they found someone that... uh, uh, brought a piano over that we could use. And he uh, said, just keep it tuned. It's something we had around, but we, it's part of the family. We do want it back after a while. Uh, but I learned pretty quickly on the piano, too. Uh, they did come and take it back after I decided I could learn
0: you know, as I go. So that's
1: how I picked up the keyboards.
0: And uh, I notice in front of us here you have several flutes. Uh, they're all different sizes. One is about nine inches, and the biggest one is uh, well over two feet.
1: Well, most native flutes in the Great Lakes region are made out of cedar. Okay. You can make them out of other woods, but cedar seems to be the, the main wood that uh, used use most of the time
0: nowadays. Give us a few tunes here. Native American sound so distinctly, uh, you know you got to tell us when you got to the flute, how long? You played the piano and then how did you get to the flute?
1: Well, an elder here in the community, our community. Uh,
0: By our community, you mean the Chicago Native American, Native American, American community? Yeah, at the American Indian Center. American Indian Center, okay. And Ainsley and Kimball,
1: I think it is Okay. Down. used to be on Wilson for many years. An elder there uh, gifted me a, uh, a flute. She said she got from a pawn shop. And mm. she said, I saw this and I just wanted to rescue it. And then I thought of you. <laughs> so I brought it to Chicago and she handed it to me. And I said, well, that's really nice. I don't know how to play this. And she looked at me and she said, you can play it. You can play it. So I took it home and I thought, the tradition is when you're given a gift from an elder or somebody, you should hold on to it for a year before you give it up or give it I to somebody. See. So I thought, that's what I'll do. I'll give it to a youth that might want to learn. Well, three weeks went by and I picked it up and just started playing it, just like that. Huh. And in that first year, I was gifted six more flutes. And at the end of that year, I looked. Who gifted them to you? Different people had heard me play it. And I said, well, I have this, but I can't use it. Uh-huh. So they gave it to me. Said so at the end of that year I looked up and I said,
0: All right, I hear you. <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, wait, I gotta get this right. So within that one year when you got the first flute that you never thought you could did or was interested in playing, you got six more. Yes. And when you started playing, it was just a natural thing.
1: Yeah, and as time How goes, many
0: years ago was that, Bill? It's about twenty. Twenty years. So yeah. you as the is the flute your eighty percent of your music is flute music yes. now? No, I do
1: okay. still play the piano. Okay. Whenever I see a piano, uh, I just
0: have to sit down and play it. What do you have to say for kids who uh, might have a musical inclination, but aren't sure what instrument they want to play, or... Well, whatever
1: support the, the, the uh, parents can give to encourage a, a child to uh, play an instrument, even if it's just a native flute like in our community. Uh, or, or the the big drum the seventh of the big drum is, is uh, it 's something that is very important in our community, uh, especially the big the big drum mm-hmm. but learning learning uh, any songs, uh, whether it 's on a big drum or a hand drum, are part of our uh, our uh, culture mm-hmm. uh, and and pride. Uh, It brings a lot of pride to the youth that do learn it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, it's all part of the spirituality too, some of the songs Uh uh, that come to people that we share with with the community. I found out at age 12 I was adopted. Okay. Uh, I heard it from another young man who got a little mad at me on a jungle gym. Okay. And he had overheard his mother talking to my adopted mother Uh about me being adopted. ran back and asked uh, Laverne Buckholz, what, what, what am I, and she told me yes I was. Uh, I didn't quite understand it then, but uh, as I got older I did. And I always had leanings of things that happened to me. Now I look back, I go, wow, that's interesting that happened. I used to like to go to the woods and sit next to this tree because I felt comfortable there. Later on I found out it was the trail tree And what a trail tree is, a Potawatomi trail tree, uh, where they would mark certain trails Uh by either bending or or, or, uh, uh, hooking up a a tree so it would grow a certain way. Uh There's a a sculpture sculpture of one uh, at the Grove on the southwest side of Chicago. The Grove, okay. Yeah, it's a a park district place. Uh And I was there when they dedicated it. They let me play and it just kind of goes up and off like that. It's really strange, and that marked the trails. Uh, and around Zion, there was three trails uh, that were out there. Now most of these trails are kept secret uh-huh. because people would either come and burn down the tree or cut it down for who knows what reason. So they're kept secret because they are sacred. You know, okay. uh, they were, they're part of our early uh, regional.
0: Uh, Lives, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, kind of so, like you have an historical DNA, or you had a DNA to your yes. native uh, upbringing, or your native uh, ancestry, and uh, without knowing it, this trail tree was a, a connection.
1: Yeah. And we, 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 when we, if we all sit down, folks, and, and think about it, everything is brought to us in a certain time by the Creator by God oh. to uh, direct us towards the path that the Creator wants us to go on. Wow. And That's to listen to this thought, message. Okay. You know, uh, I didn't come to that, that uh, point until many years later. Uh, as far You, you as added the,
0: up the experiences yes. though, and then in reflecting back you and, said, wow, and, that and was then perfect I, Yeah, timing. exactly.
1: I went back and I went, duh, and I, I should have known that immediately but I didn't. Huh. But it also comes to uh, what elders say in our community. Uh-huh. Uh, the things that you want, uh-huh. uh, and you can pray for them, but you won't get what you want. We okay. always get what you need. Okay. And the and God Creator knows when to bring these things to us uh-huh. when we need them, oh, my not God. when we want them. So that time when I came to that realization was because of all the stuff the Creator brought to me, God, to that point. And, uh, you know, I had one of those, aha moments Uh we all hear about. Uh An Uh, epiphany. Yeah. And I, uh, some of the stuff I've learned uh, through the years, once I found out, I always knew I was different, but I didn't know what the connection was. Uh And then I just one day, I went to a, a powwow someplace. Somebody invited me along, and I go, "Well, that looks familiar." I Wonder how I know that. And, well, that looks familiar too. Uh, but I didn't say anything to anybody because I didn't want them to think I was crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, I thought about it, and I thought, "Well, this maybe I should explore this more." And as I, I, I went more and more. Uh, in my teens and then my 20s, I would have people at different times come up to me and say, you have native blood, don't you? You certainly look at it. And I go, I don't know. I'm, I'm adopted. I'm searching. Well, to jump ahead uh, a few years, uh, it took me 45 years to find my birth family. Oh, nice. It's called determination. <laughs> and I was determined to find that and find out what nation I was from, because as I got older, more and more people asked me, you know, mm-hmm. you look like you have native blood work, you know. For the last 25 years, maybe a little bit more, when I came back to Chicago, I was out, I was out in, in, in uh, southern Illinois for a few years oh, and out in Colorado for a few years, okay. running record stories for friends of mine. Oh. Uh, and uh, so I've always kind of been involved with music. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I was music for 45 years, playing music since I was seven. I ate, drank, music, you know, and breathed music. Uh, And if you ever saw my home, you'd see CDs, records, those little square things they call used to call cassettes, and then posters and stuff like that. Uh, But uh, I was always in search of my identity, who I was. And God bless the people that would say to me, you don't need to know that. You know who you are. You really don't adopt these. Feel lost, abandoned, even if they weren't. Uh, It depended on what the situation was, but uh, in my case, my mother wanted to to get me in the best possible place that she could get me. Mm -hmm. And and that was... uh, with the Buckholzes. Okay. Uh, Laverne Buckholz babysat kids, so oh. that's how my mom found out her. Oh, babysat me and then left me there for longer periods of time and longer periods of time. And then when uh, my, my mother and father broke, broke up, she asked her if uh, uh, Laverne wanted to adopt me, and they did. So I was very lucky. And, and, and two very uh, loving big brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, But I still grew up feeling that I needed, after I found out I was adopted, I needed to know that piece of me, not just for medical reasons, like some people say, but just to know where I came from. Identity is very important, knowing where we came from, uh, knowing who we are. I always say to people, respect that person's culture. And then after that, just remember that we're all from the same tribe. we're all human beings. So we need to learn how to work together I' this
0: um a hole inside yourself. you know I remember as a young man, I was not an adopted uh child i had my birth parents were my parents, and it was a good home but there was there was I was missing something inside myself, yeah. Do you think that, um, that that connection that we all feel, that sense of loneliness too, until we fulfill it with God? So are you going someplace with your, um, your thought of your um, both your uh, finding your roots mm-hmm. and your music and God, do they all come together?
1: Oh, they do. They do it in a very unique way. That's why I'm kind of weaving my way there. You're weaving your way into it. Okay. So moving all this towards the... uh, The uh,
0: inexorable
1: creator. Yes. This path, he he brought me on, he brought me to, in in 1990, Sister uh, Patricia Mulkey. Mulkey. Uh, Yes. Okay. She was the... uh, director at the Anna Center. and Center. That's an here out, in Chicago? Yeah, it was on Lawrence and uh, Broadway in this one corner building, International Building or something it's called. And it had been there for a while with uh, Sister Tony, and Tony had to leave for something else. They sent her to someplace else, Catholic mm-hmm. uh, nuns. Uh, and Sister, uh, I, out of the blue, I went to this one powwow they were putting on at a church and uh, this one other native I knew uh, was there and he was going to do the sound. He brought all the equipment and then he disappeared. And we didn't know what had, uh, we'd gone to. We found it later on, but uh, sister didn't know what to do and she saw me and she knew I, I played, uh, you know, and I'd sit in with groups. She said, oh, I bet you know how to work a sound. So I well, go, no, but I can figure it out. So uh, I helped set up the mics and then there were three drums and after one drum will get done, I'd take the mic for the next one so it'd be close to the drum so people could hear it when they're, when they're dancing in okay. their regalia. Uh, and that's how it first started. Okay. And that was 20 years ago,
0: 25 years ago. So the void, again, a void fills in and you uh, you fill in the void and that's leading you down this trail.
1: Yep. Yeah. Not until I got my flute did I play first services for Sister Pat want somebody to do a recessional song, just any song I said, I can do that, and I played in front of scores of people, but this was my first time playing on the flute so I went and they had me come in second behind Cardinal Bernadine, I think it was at the time walking up the one side had some palms so I couldn't really see out in the crowd, I thought there's probably going to be a couple hundred people this is my first time playing in front of people. Uh, flute, that is. And when I looked, there were over 5,000 people. Standing room only. And I was like a deer in headlights, you know. And I looked, leaned my head down with a flute and I played. After about a couple minutes, I look up and everybody's gone. And I thought, man, I made it through that. Uh, and uh, that night I heard that they played it on channel nine which is shown on many different cable channels all over the country. And I got calls from dozens of people that knew me that saw it. Uh, and the mute, the song I made up was there too. So all these people heard it and go, well, I wasn't expecting that, you know. Uh, but the creator's creator saying, this is what you're supposed to do, you know. Since then, I've, I've played at many different churches, schools, museums, libraries. Weddings, wakes. So all those things came together. And then uh, being here and uh, being part of this, my brother, that our father uh, was Cree and and uh, not uh, Anishinaabe, I'll explain that. Uh, that's the tribal name for a blanket of tribes. When you talk about the Sioux, you say, well, uh, this person's a Pine Ridge Sioux, this person's an Ogallala Sioux. Saying that, where their reservation is, tells you where they're at. Uh-huh. You, first, you say they're Sioux, but when you say the Ogallala Sioux, oh, I know the reservation where that's okay. at. Then you know where they're located. Uh, Me, I was from Algonquin uh, tribe in the Three Rivers area in Canada. And Algonquin and Algonquin are the early. Uh, early tribe of the Anishinaabe. And under the Anishinaabe the name is Potawatomi, Odawa, um, Chippewa Ojibwe, which is the same tribe. The English call them Ojibwe. The French call them Chippewa, or the other way around, I think. Uh, and all those tribes are under that Anishinaabe uh, name. Or, or the kids like to say, "Oh, I'm, if they're Anishinaabe, they say, I'm Nish. They don't say the whole word. They like to shorten. Kids like to shorten things. So they're Nish. So I found that out and I had been being taught and shared uh, traditions with me by an elder up in the Couture Reservation by Haywood, Wisconsin. And uh, I've been helping her and doing stuff with her for 25 years now. She's kind of sets me in and some of the elders up there have taught me uh, stuff and I've been, uh, that's where I got my native name and uh, uh, many other traditional teachings.
0: What is your native
1: name? Uh, Well, it's pronounced Buckanagay Mukwa.
0: Buckanagay Mukwa.
1: Yeah, and that's Conquering Bear. Wonderful gentleman uh, and uh, elder and uh, high-level medicine, or Meday medicine elder, uh, Eugene Begay. uh, I, uh, I certainly do miss him. He was he was, he was really good to me, and so so was my adopted sister up there. Uh, but that all brought me, uh, you know, to here, and and not knowing where to go. And, here to me in him. Chicago. Yeah, and meeting sister, and then going to all these things that she had going on, and having me play for people, and learning songs, and also with all the extensive music that I was surrounded by uh, really tuned my ear. Uh-huh. So I can go into any church uh-huh. uh, and if the person in charge, like here it's Jeremy is his name, uh, who was this skeptical. St. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was skeptical at first but he was willing to take a chance. I says, all you need to tell me is the key. I can follow anything as long as I know the key. He goes, really? I says, yeah, try me. So I went for a rehearsal because he thought maybe we'll use them on uh, Easter, or something like that. Uh, and he said, well, we've got these three hymns. Uh, I hadn't heard them before. And I said, well, you just you start it out, and then I, I'll come in, uh, as long as I know the key. But so he gave me the key, and he started playing it. And he says, well, this is where you're coming, up. because I know that, because I've played with bands and stuff. Uh, and uh, music, even hymns are, are similar to that. Uh, process, uh, and I came in and played it, and he was, okay, let's try the next one. As, as his eyes got bigger and bigger, and going, wow, you really can do that. How, how do you do that? And I looked at him and I said, ask him. <laughs> ask the creator. I don't know. I just know that I have a really good ear and I can play along with anything, and that's how I brought it more." Uh, brought in the flute more into the church. Uh, And Jeremy has told me, as many others since then, directors of other other, uh, uh, churches in the archdiocese, who who, who find out about me, get to know me, say, anytime you want to come and play, please come in. And I do, I I, uh, played uh, Christmas Day at noon for the noon mass with uh, Jeremy. Uh, but a week before that, I, I played at some uh, Archdiocese church, and the young uh, director for the for Saint Camillus was Cornelius. there, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, "Well, oh, that was great. Can you come to to play for us?" And a couple days before, he says, "Can you come to the four thirty and the ten thirty on Christmas Eve?" And I said, "Of course I can. If I wasn't doing that, I'd be home watching TV, and I'd rather I'd rather come and, and play." along with you, which I did. And he, he had the same uh, reaction as Jeremy did. It brings great joy from what people tell me, and I get great joy from playing and sharing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, bottom line is, all this is, co- is coming to us because of the Creator. And uh, I believe now this is, uh, I figured this out a few years back, this is my path the Creator wants me on. Uh-huh. And that's why I'm here uh, to continue doing this. And uh, we, God, uh, uh, God I'm, I'm sure God gives everyone a path, uh-huh. uh, gives them uh, hints, uh-huh. but we don't always listen to them. Uh-huh. And uh, with Him being the last word, before that, elders said to me, you have a gift, but you need to share it. If you don't share your gift, the Creator will take it back. Okay. Well, I don't want that to happen, so I play as much as possible okay. whenever I can. And uh, every time when I'm finished, I'm ready to go home, I, I thank the Creator. Okay. You know, uh, There's never a day that I don't thank the Creator for, for these gifts. I learned the music on piano and I learned this flute coming through up with this. I go to Annawim. Somebody brought me to Annawim. Uh-huh. I come to Kateri. And who do I my family connection Back is connected Kateri. That's okay. why I'm here. Why do you tell me? You know, you know what I'm saying? I do. Bill. So all that leads everything I've talked to people uh, on your podcast here was to lead me all to,
0: to that. Yes, and, 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 and would, you go, would you go one step further and to say that a saint of the Catholic Church is a person who is related to all people. True, true. And uh, has a peace in mind for all people. That's what makes them a saint. So could it possibly be your journey, your calling as conquering bear to be uh, related to all people through music, through God, through the Spirit, and that is your calling? Well, there's only two words I have to say to that.
1: Okay. We say, Aho, when we finish a prayer, and I say
0: to that, Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I told you that I was raised in northern Wisconsin in the summertime, and I made friends with a man from the Couture Reservation, and he mentored me, he took me under his wing, And I'd go back and I'd learn things and I had my own little haunt, I call it. It was a spot where I could go, winds would be coming in a certain way, it's near a lake, and I would crawl up into this little spot and it just gave me comfort for being there. And uh, in any event, the longing that I had for a peace on Earth was that you would have to have not too many people because uh, it's too unruly to have too many people. Yes. It's got to be manageable. And I thought, well, you know, a tribe would be about the right size. And um, so then I thought, well, okay, but you need a tribal leader who's a good person. yes, And you also need tribal members who are good people. And so I studied this um, kind of an intuitive hope for thing about the ideal environment for people. And I found that there were Native American tribes, one time or another, that had this, uh, what I was to call sense of community. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but in any event, it was it was just by uh, a miracle of coincidence that my wife Marianne and I decided to go. There's a Franciscan church, mm-hmm. mission church, up in Couderay, up in uh, the Hayward area. And I went there on Corpus Christi Sunday. And it happened that a good part of her mission was Native American people, and they were all dressed in full costume. And we went around. Yes, you were going to say something, Bill.
1: They're not called costumes. Oh, okay. They're called regalia. Regalia. Yeah, people, It's not a disrespectful thing to say, that, but some Natives would get really upset if you said call them a costume. What they wear is regalia. And it's because it's a spiritual thing and it's something that's Every final.
0: feather means something. Everything. Every stitch means something. Yep, yep. It's yep. incorporated into coming to God. Yes. Yes. And I, I sensed that. And I sensed that in my own religion. In any event, I'm there on Corpus Christi Sunday and they're all dressed in their regalia. And there was one woman who was so graced and as she danced, and sang, it was so beautiful, and the song was going, and they went around with the host, and the host is in the monstrance, Corpus Christi, Mm -hmm. the feast of the body of Christ, and as Catholics, we believe that the body of Christ is present, and so it's a very sacred thing, and here is the cemetery all in front of, of, nearby the church, and we went to all the places in the cemetery, and I saw, How many Native Americans gave their lives for our country and it was sacred in that way. And then when this woman quit singing her song and doing it, it was total silence and all of the birds started singing. Mm -hmm. And I thought, my goodness, inside myself I had an epiphany. This is what I've been looking for. I needed both Corpus Christi, my faith. Mm-hmm. I needed the. I needed to find Native Americans who were honoring that faith at the same time, true to their very own tradition. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, a wonderful, wonderful experience for me.
1: Well, I'd like to say thank you for uh, wanting to talk to me and and uh, learn a little bit about my background and stuff. Uh, And I'm I'm grateful for that, to Creator. There's so many things that have happened that uh, just take me to the next level, uh, where the Creator wants me to go. And my last journey, for me, if the Creator wants me to, to, is to go into Canada, where Kateri, Kateri. I hear two ways to say it, but I think Kateri, the correct way that's I feel it's something I have to do okay. to finish my journey that the creator has had me on would you like to play anything did you have that in mind or maybe well, you're not would you like to do that oh I know I know a song I can play okay
0: Thanks a lot, Bill. It was My pleasure. great talking to you today. And we together. say
1: this. We never say goodbye when we, when we we don't have a word in goodbye. Uh, most tribes don't. And uh, I was taught a, a phrase, gigawababim. Gigawababim. Basically, it's not goodbye. It's I'll see you later. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.